0: Hey, Wycliffe, what's going on? What is up? What is up? We missed you guys last week. uh, Pastor Michelle and I uh, had the opportunity to go out to Avon Lake uh, and I preached out there while Pastor Troy was here preaching. Uh, But, you know, we we really missed you. Yeah, we missed you guys. So it's just good to be back uh, at home and good to see you guys. We got anybody, any new people here today? I know I see new faces. Don't worry about it. What's going on? All right, welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. Hey, there's, there's a little card inside of the bag that you receive, a little blue card. If you don't mind filling that out for me, that'd be awesome. I'd love to get in touch with you. Just introduce myself to you and uh, hear a little bit about you, so. Um, so yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Uh, joy is your compass, and Jesus is your destination. Amen. Let's read our declaration together. Father God. I thank you that I prosper in all things and in health, even as my soul, mind, will, and emotions prospers. 3 John 2, amen, amen. So counting my blessings today. Um, Jill, who's not here, doesn't look like Jill's here today, but she actually, um, over the past couple of weeks, she's been bringing bicycles here that she's been collecting to give to just kids, you know. And uh, we had probably about 15 bikes out in the garage uh, that were sitting out there. And my wife just mentioned Dan, who's here from our Lorraine location. And he came out past this week. He's, just, he's been amazing. He's been out here uh, painting. He came out a couple of days ago and, and mowed the grass and, and did some edge work. And, um, and then he came out yesterday. Was it yesterday? He came out yesterday and picked up all those bikes and took him to the projects in Lorraine. And he said he walks out there and he found a group of kids, 20 kids out there, and just said, who wants, who wants a bike? <laughs> and all these kids came over, and Dan handed out 15 or so bikes to all of these kids. So thank you so much, Dan, for your faithfulness, your, your heart, your generosity. You know, the way that you love people, man, I just thank you for that. Thank you for being used by God. Amen. Um, so we live in a test-conscious society. You guys agree? We live in a test-conscious society. Like, no matter where you are in life, there always seems to be tests that were taken. Right? When, when I was in high school, uh, I don't even know if they still do this anymore, but they took the, the ACT and SAT, they still do that? Okay, yeah, I don't know why they did that. I, I mean, <laughs> they, they took that, you know what I mean? So you have to take that. As an athlete, you have to take a physical test, right, to join a team. Accountants have to take a C, what is it, CPA that they take to become an accountant. Real estate agents, we have to take exams in order to be licensed, in order to drive a car. You got to take a driver's test. You know, our houses, even our houses have to be tested before we can actually buy or sell a house. Like we all have to take medical tests from time to time just to benefit our health. But when we talk about testing, Abraham is a man that we, we can't ignore. you agree? Like, he took a few tests in his lifetime, and the greatest test is found in the passage that we're going to, we're going to go, go through today. And that's in Genesis 22, 1 through 4. It says, now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will share with you. I'll show to you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. Whatever you're going through today, whatever you're against whatever's going on in your life today, God wants you to know, I'm I'm here to tell you today that this is only a test. That this is only a test. None of us have gotten this far in life unscathed. Right? None of us in here today have gotten to where we are without being tested. We're either, we're either coming out of a test right now, we're headed into a test, or we're being tested right now. But the good news is, it is only a test. The passage begins in verse 1 by saying, Now it came to pass after these things, that God tested Abraham. And I believe the text is referring to uh, uh, the test that Abraham had gone through up to this point in his life. When we look at Abraham's life, it's clear that God, listen, God brought him through a few tests. So in case you're feeling discouraged today, in case you're, you're feeling a little doubt, with some of the tests that you're dealing with today, I just want you to be encouraged that the God of the universe is on your side, and he wants to bring you through some things today. Amen? Amen. So let's take a look at Abraham's life. In Genesis 12, Abraham was called to leave his, leave his home. All that he knew, all that he was comfortable with, he was called to pick up everything and relocate his family to a land that God would show him. He was challenged with a family test. Abraham arrives at the Promised Land only to discover that there's famine in the land. He lacked all the resources he needed to survive, and he had to decide in that moment whether he was going to trust God or not. Right? He was up against a famine test. In Genesis 13, Abram, his herdsmen, and Lot's herdsmen had this conflict in the Promised Land, and it was over just the amount of land that they had to share, which caused them to separate. So he encountered a conflict test. In Genesis 14, he went to fight against the four armies of the east with 300 men—only 300. So he had a warfare test. In Genesis 17, he—he told—I'm uh, sorry—he was told to circumcise himself in an, at an advanced age, and he follows through with it. So he went through a covenantal test. It's also at that time that Abram is called Abraham, which means the father of many nations, and and he's given a promise of a son. So there's 25 years, there's this interlude, right? There's this wait, there's this pause between the actual promise and the fulfillment of the promise. And so Abraham and Sarah, like us, go ahead of God to help him, to help aid his plans, right? Right? So Sarah offers this suggestion that that, that, that if you're going to have a son because of your old age, you need to do it now. And so she offers her handmaid, her servant, Hagar, to Abraham to have a baby just to ensure that it happens. So Abraham goes along with the scheme, and Ishmael is born. But Ishmael isn't God's promise, right? And because we live in this instant have-it-right-now culture, like, like Sarah, some of us can't imagine having the patience just to wait for God's best for us. I mean, we don't like waiting for nothing. Right? We don't like waiting for traffic. We don't like waiting in line. We don't like waiting on hold. They call us patients, but we don't like waiting in the doctor's office. We can't stand waiting for boiling water. We just don't like waiting. And so we move ahead of God because we don't trust that he'll fulfill the promises. And when we don't, when we do that, we end up with promises birthed out of our own esteem. We end up with Ishmaels in our lives. We end up with Ishmaels that cause stress and frustration. We end up with Ishmaels that cause restless days and sleepless nights. We end up with Ishmaels that, 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 that cause us uh, to not to trust God because we, pl- we, we took, we planned on, we looked at ourselves. We took our eyes off of God. And we depended on ourselves instead of waiting on the plan that God has for our lives. Some folks living with their Ishmaels right now, thinking that, man, I should've went home alone that night. Don't look to your right, don't look to your left. I need you just to focus on me. <laughs> Abraham Abraham was 75 years old when God made him a promise that he'd be the father of many nations. But God waits until Abraham is 99 years old and Sarah is 90 years old until he announces that Sarah's going to get pregnant. And understandably Sarah laughs. But God says, why is Sarah laughing? Is there anything too hard for God? See, God will wait until we've exhausted all of our options, all of our opportunities to assist him have depleted, and then he'll show up and do what never could have been done without him in the first place. And so at the age of 100, Abraham finally has this boy that he loves, that this boy that, that he adores, this boy that, that he cherishes. Like, this is, this is Isaac, the son that was born out of God's plan. This is the son of prophecy, right? This is the promise that he's been waiting for for 25 years. And one day, God calls Abraham Abraham. To bring him up to Mount Moriah to offer him as a sacrifice. His only son. His promised child. Told to sacrifice him on the altar. How do you respond to this seemingly unreasonable command by God? Here's what I need you to know. How we respond to it is you have to remember chapters 12, 13, 14, and 15. To pass God's test, we got to understand that God has already prepared us. God has already prepared us. Everything that you've experienced, everything that you are experiencing and will experience is preparing you for your Mount Moriah moment. All right? But nothing nothing surprises God. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God, what? Prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It's 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 fixed. It's rigged. You already won. Now now he didn't say that it was going to be easy. We're still gonna deal with stressful situations, right? We got stressful situations that we're gonna deal with, but listen, it is only a test. When Isaac was a toddler During his weaning celebration, Scripture says that Abraham's other son, Ishmael, stood at a distance and mocked him. He mocked Isaac. And when Sarah saw it, she got angry and told Abraham to throw Hagar and Ishmael out. She said the son of the slave woman wouldn't share the inheritance of her son, Isaac. The text says that this greatly distressed Abraham. He loved loved his son, but God is so faithful that he comforted Abraham and told him, Listen, listen to your wife. Men, listen to your wife. Unless she tells you to go into the slave girl. Listen to your wife. You shouldn't have no slave girl anyway. But he says, Listen to your wife, but don't worry about Ishmael. I'll make a nation out of him. Why? Because he is your seed. Because he's your seed. And Abraham he watches, right? He watches God's faithfulness in, as Ishmael prospers. But listen, when God puts us through a test and we pass the test and, and he blesses us, he's, he's not coming back with a less struggle. Right? The only way we're gonna build he's gonna build us up is to test us again. Each time the test that we take, they're gonna get stronger, and they're gonna get stronger, they're gonna get stronger. So he'll keep us moving, he will keep us growing. It's like lifting weights. I'm only going to be as strong as the amount of weight that I lift. Right? So, so I get stronger physically when I apply more weight to the bar, when I lift more weight. That's how we get stronger. When we faithfully go through tests or trials and we come through it, thank God for it. Thank God, thank God for it. Thank you. But stay prepared. Stay prepared because there's another test coming. It's on its way. He's too good a father to allow us to stay where he found us. Amen? And so Abraham, years later here, after Abraham sends Ishmael away, he's being tested again. He's being told to kill the son of promise. But Abraham had watched God's faithfulness with his son Ishmael, as well as all the previous tests he had brought him through. And this is why it's important for us to have a faith journal. This is important for you to write down what God is doing in your life. So you can go back and see his faithfulness all throughout the years. The test that he's he's brought you into, but most importantly, the test that he's brought you out of. Amen? You see, the only way that Abraham was able to follow through with this, this contradictory command was because he had faith in God. You see, when Abraham woke up that morning, when he left the tent, when he left the house, he was determined to do what God said. At, at Joshua Kids Camp, we, we sing a song by Donnie McClurkin, and it says, I got my mind made up and I won't turn back because I want to see my Jesus someday. I got my mind made up and I won't turn back because I want to see my Jesus someday. When Abraham opened his eyes, he had his mind made up before he even left the house. The only way that you and I are going to do the impossible is that we have to make our minds up before we even leave the house. You got to make your mind up that you're going to do what you're told to do and say what you're told to say before you even leave the house. God, listen, I don't know, God, how you're going to work it out. I don't know what your plans are, God. But what I do know is that I've trusted you in the past, and you've brought me through. So whatever you tell me to do right now, God, my life is in your hands. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. My answer is yes to you. You got to make your mind up. You got got to pre-decide that no matter where he tells you to go, no matter what he tells you to do, your answer is yes. Listen, our promises are birthed out of our obedience. It's out of your obedience that your promises are birthed. God's never going to take us through a test that, that he hasn't prepared us for. It wouldn't be fair, and he's a just God. He only gives us what we can handle by his grace. It's by his grace. Now, we, we still have to, have to make use of the preparation, right? We, we got we to use the resources that God gave us, church. Godly counsel, mentors, life groups. This is why we stress so much why it's so important to make it to life group, why it's so important for women to make it to fearless. Why it's so important for men, 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 get up. Stand up. Be the head of your household. Get to Courage Company. Get to Life Group. Pray for your wife. Pray for your kids. We have to use the resources that he's given us, and every single one of you have the same Holy Spirit that you're worshiping in here that you're talking about. He lives in you. We have to continually discipline ourselves. Discipline yourself unto godliness. Study the Scriptures every single day. Stay in the Word of God. Pray every single day. Don't miss a day just to say, thank you, God. When you woke up this morning, the first person you should have talked to was God. Before you said anything to anybody else. Serve. You need to serve God. Everything that you have comes from him. You got to be willing to give it back. We have to flee from every kind of evil. That means you need to be careful what you watch. That means you need to be careful what you listening to. That means you need to be careful what you're reading. That means you need to be careful with the group that you got around you, with who you hanging around. You can't be up in here talking about, I love you, I love you, Lord, I praise you, and then go hang out with a bunch of heathens, be the leader of the heathens. No. Watch who you hang around. You can easily be influenced. See, when you do that, what we're doing, what we're doing is we're we we we're, we're, we're applying the the armor of God on us, right, to stand against any spiritual attacks of our lives. And you gotta you gotta guard it all. You gotta guard it all. Every entrance you gotta guard it. God will never send you into a battle that He hasn't prepared you to win. Amen. To pass God's test we got to understand that it'll often seem illogical. It will often seem illogical. When we consider God's command to Abraham to take his son up on Mount Moriah to kill him, it seems illogical to us. I mean, God promised Abraham that Isaac would become this great nation and all nations would be blessed through him. So, so how's that going to happen if Isaac is dead? Every test that we take is used to prove something, right? A driver license test is, proved, uh, is to prove your ability to safely operate a motor vehicle. A history test is to prove or disprove your knowledge of history. Every test is meant to prove something. God, God tests us for two reasons— Right, first, it's an opportunity for Him to show us His faithfulness. Second, it's an opportunity for us to prove our commitment to Him, to trust and obey Him, even when it doesn't make sense. Like the things of God often seem illogical. If you, if you talk to Tamika Walker, who grew up across the street from me on Clifton Avenue in Campito in Lorain, Ohio, it doesn't make sense to her that Marlon Sattler is a pastor <laughs> preaching the gospel. It's illogical. It don't make no sense. But God will use anybody He want to use. He'll use anybody He want to use. He'll use a donkey to talk to a sorcerer. He's God. He, he, he will use an unbeliever to build his temple because he's God. God will use anybody. He'll use you when you're at your lowest point and don't feel qualified to be used. God will use you. He'll call you when you're ready to give up on life and tell you, clock in. He'll use you when it feels like everybody else is just using you. He'll use you. I don't don't, don't think that, that, that Rahab, the prostitute, like I don't think she was proud of what she done, what she was doing. Right, but when Joshua sent two spies into Jericho to scope out the land, God said, I need somebody who's willing to hide some men and lie about it. I don't know if we got any Bible readers in here, Patty. I need somebody who's willing to hide some men and lie about it. Rahab said, oh my goodness, that's me. That's me, God. I know how to hide some men's and I know how to lie about it. Pick me, pick me, God. Rahab ran in the room. She got ready. They was like, Rahab, where you going? She was like, don't you wish you knew? I was married now. God will use you. But you got to be willing to give up everything. You got to be willing to sell out for God. You got to be willing to do anything He tells you to, even if it don't make sense. Listen, cognitive dissonance. It's a mental conflict that occurs when our beliefs don't line up with our actions, right? The biblical stories that cause the most cognitive dissonance in our logical minds contain the greatest revelation. It's impossible for Moses to stretch out a rod and the Red Sea opens. It's impossible. For Joshua and and the people of Israel to march around a wall and it just falls down. It's impossible for Gideon to start off with 3,000, end up with 300, and still win the war. It is impossible for David to take a slingshot and kill a giant. That causes us logically not to believe it unless you put God in it unless you put God in it, right? When God is in it, the Red Sea opens up. When when God is in it, the walls of Jericho come crashing down. When God is in it, David slays Goliath. When God is in it, all things become possible, but God has to be in it. You understand? You have to determine, you gotta determine in your mind that no matter how illogical it sounds, I'm gonna stretch out the rod. No matter how illogical it sounds, I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to keep marching around the wall. No matter how illogical it sounds, God, I'm just going to go with the 300. It doesn't matter how illogical it sounds. No matter how illogical it sounds, I'm going to offer you, God, what's dearest to me. Because I trust you and because I owe you everything. But see, it's not by my might, not by my power, but by his spirit. Amen? We we have to be careful because if we are not willing to put what we own or, or what we have on the altar, then that thing will become an idol in your life. We have to be careful. If we are not willing to put what we have and what we own on the altar, whatever it is, because it will become an an idol in your life. Isaac, Isaac was a gift to Abraham. But listen, if the gift becomes more important than the gift giver, That very thing that God gives us to serve his purposes is undermining his plans for your life. And so you have to be willing to put, just put it all, put it all on the altar. God will bless it if you let go of it. He will bless it if you let go of it. So you need to put your marriage on the altar. You need to put your spouse on the altar. You need to put your kids on the altar. You need to put your whole family on the altar. Put your money on the altar. Put your health on the altar. All of your desires, put them on the altar. I'm looking at the ages in here. I believe most of us, most of us in here know about the EBS. You remember EBS. The EBS was a a test that if there was ever anything serious that happened, they could come over every screen and every radio station. They could just take over the airways and get whatever information they needed to everybody that was watching or listening. They could get it out to us. Now, even though this this wasn't the real thing, it was preparation for if the real thing ever happened. It would prepare us for whatever it was that was coming. What, What would happen is, whatever you were watching at the time was just briefly interrupted. And the announcer would come on and he would say, this is only a test. This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. And, and, and then this, this annoying, piercing, <laughs> irritating sound would just come over the TV. And it seemed like it would just go forever. I don't know about you guys, but it would interrupt Tom and Jerry for me <laughs> on Saturday morning. It, and it seemed like it would go on forever. But it was only 60 seconds. And then the announcer would say, this is a test of the emergency broadcast system. If this were the a- an actual emergency, the attention signal you just heard would be followed by official instructions or information. This is only a test. And I feel like somebody in here today needs to know that this is only a test. That this is just a brief interruption for God to get your attention. If this would have been an actual emergency, God himself would show up, move you out the way, and interject himself into your situation. This is only a test. In the Bible, a test is, is, is a trial used by God to purify and prepare our hearts. You're, just, you're being tested. You're being prepared. You're being purified. You're being shaped and molded. See, when, you, when we fail to see that, you, what happens is you'll interpret the challenges in your life as just random issues that you want to avoid. Like, I don't know if anybody in here right now enjoys taking tests. The most feared words for me in high school were, take out a blank sheet of paper. I ain't alone, am I? This is a pop quiz. Kristen had probably done that to a bunch of kids. But you got to understand, we still having pop quizzes today in our lives. We still gotta take out a blank sheet of paper everywhere we go. A couple of weeks ago we stopped by McDonald's just to grab some lunch after service and we pulled up to the intercom and she said, welcome to McDonald's, can I take your order please? I said, yeah, sure. Um, can I get a cheeseburger? I said, what you want, baby? Said, cheeseburger, small fry. She said, okay, okay, hold on hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, you said, you said a cheeseburger? I was like, oh my goodness. I said, okay, you said a cheeseburger. <laughs> yup, yup, I did. And I sent a small fry. I looked over at Pastor Michelle. I was like... <laughs> she said, okay, is that going to be all? I said, no, 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 no. I got three other people. I got three people in the car. I got three people in the car. It's going to be two more that's coming at you. Pastor Michelle said, stop. <laughs> she said, stop. She might be new. I... F- I fail pop quizzes all the time. I need y'all to pray for me. Pray for your pastor. We got pop quizzes every single day of our lives. You're going to have a pop quiz when you leave here today, as soon as you get out on the road. You're going to have a pop quiz when you go to get gas. You're going to have a pop quiz when you pick up your groceries. You have a pop quiz when you stop at home. You have a pop quiz when your wife looks at you and be like, Did you stop by the store and grab? You're going to be like, Oh, man. We all got pop quizzes. But the most recent Mount Moriah moment that just happened in my life was on August 1st. And on August 1st, what happened is is Pastor Michelle, and you guys heard the story a couple of weeks ago, but Pastor Michelle, after she sent this this mole off of her back to get biopsied, she got a call on August 1st that morning. And she, she called me into the bedroom. Uh, our son Braxton was there and she didn't want him to overhear it. And so she called me into the bedroom and as soon as I shut the door, she said, it's can- It's cancer. It's cancer. And I don't care. I don't care who you are. It don't matter who you are. When, when you hear the word, it rattles your bones. When you hear the word, your heart sinks. And And I didn't, want, I didn't want it to happen, but I couldn't stop the tears from falling out of my eyes and rolling down my cheeks. I couldn't stop them, right? I didn't want it to happen. And if I can be real with you guys, can I, can I just be real for a minute? I was angry. I was angry at God. I said, why would you let this happen? Why would you let this happen? We're doing all the things. Everything you ask, everything you tell me to do, we say yes. We say yes, God. That's my promise. That's my wife. He said, that's my daughter, son. You are allowing your circumstance to lord over you when I am the Lord, your God. Is there anything Too hard for me. And with that, I wiped my tears away. I wiped my tears. And at that moment, I turned all of my worry into worship. I turned every bit of worry into worship. To pass God's test, you got to understand that you got to be willing To exchange all of your worry to worship him. Turn it into worship. After after Abraham traveled for three days and saw the place where he was taking Isaac, it's Genesis 22.5. It says, Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and what? Worship. The lad and I will go over yonder and worship and we will come right back. Abraham was a great saint. He was the father of the faithful. He had no idea how God was going to turn that thing around. Right? All he knew was that God said, get up, take your uniquely made son to a mountain that I'll show you. And without question... Abraham got up, just took God for his word, woke Isaac up and said, come with me. He traveled three days, and when he saw the place where he was supposed to kill his son, he didn't have a nervous breakdown. He didn't turn around and run. He didn't say, oh, let me sit here and pray about it for a couple more days. He didn't shake his fist up at the mountain. No, no, no. He said, y'all stay here. We're going to go up here, and we're going to worship our God, and then we will be right back. See, the enemy knows, he knows that if he can keep you consumed and overwhelmed by what you see, he'll gain entrance to your mind where he can fabricate worry and anxiety. But my Bible tells me, be anxious about nothing. Right, When we worship the Lord, we have a peace available to us that surpasses understanding. Praising and worshiping God, it will change your entire situation. It'll give you a completely different perspective from what you see. It'll give you a heavenly perspective. When we decide to praise and worship Him, in your season of testing... It shows God that you just believe and trust whatever it is that he's doing. Abraham didn't shrink back when when he was given this difficult test of sacrificing his son. As a matter of fact, he called the sacrifice a worship to God. And the Bible tells us that God, Jehovah Jireh, that he provided. I'm here to tell you today, church, that when you worship God and God alone, He will provide. Won't He provide, church? If you worship God and God alone, He will provide for you. Whatever testing you're going through right now, you need to see it as a reasonable worship. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Paul says that we should offer our bodies as a living sacrifice to God, as an act of worship. You see, on August 1st, in that bedroom... I put my wife on the altar. I took, it, I took it out of my hands. I ain't God, he is. I put her on the altar. And two weeks later, God provided healing to her physical body. That she sits here today, cancer free. You gotta be willing to put it all on the altar. Every bit of it, you got to be willing to give to Him. There's healing in your worship. There's healing. There's freedom in your worship. There's deliverance in your worship. There's provision in your worship. You just got to worship God. This is only a test. There's nothing too hard for Him, amen? Come on, y'all. Stand with me as I close. You've got you to trust God during the times of testing. God had forgotten you. He has not forgotten you. Don't, don't interpret the times of testing as the absence of God. It's just the opposite. The Old Testament word test comes from a Hebrew word. And that word means to take a keen look at or to choose. So 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 if you're if you're being tested right now, it's because God is looking at you. He's choosing to prepare you for something in your future. God is fully engaged. He is fully engaged in everything that you're doing. He sees the needs of tomorrow and accordingly prepares your test today. God is always working for the good of everybody who loves Him. Do you love him? God is working. He's working for the good of everybody who loves Him. And your call, my call, our call, is simply just to wait and worship while He works. Just got to keep trusting him in the testing keep trusting him and his timing. Faith is waiting on God's timing without knowing when. Faith is expecting a miracle but not quite knowing how. Your faith trusting God's purpose and not knowing why your faith is continuing to persist without knowing how long church this is only a test let's pray Father we thank you for this day Lord our only desire today, Father, is just to be in your presence, God. I pray, Father, that you would help us count, count it all joy. Count it all joy, Father, as we face tests knowing that you're just producing patience in our lives. We say yes, Father, even when we don't make sense. it doesn't make sense, God. We say yes to all of the hard things in life, Lord. All of our confidence is in you, Father, because we know that you're preparing us for our Mount Moriah moment. Even when it doesn't make sense to our logical minds, Lord, we know that everything, all things are possible with you. It's not by our strength, not by our might, Father, but by your spirit that we want to be led. So help us, Holy Spirit, to turn our worry into worship. There's nothing too hard for you, God. Help us keep our eyes focused on you this week, Lord, not our circumstances. We know that you're bigger. We know that you're more powerful, God. We know that you own it all. We thank you, Father, the God who hung the stars upon nothing. We thank you that you're on our side, that we've already won. We open our hearts to you today, Jesus. We love you and we bless you today. In your matchless name we pray. Amen. Amen. Give it up for Jesus. Give it up for Jesus. Hey, if, if you've if you've never given your your life to Jesus, we want to give you the opportunity to do that today. This is the most important thing that you will ever do in your entire life is to lay your life down on the altar and give it over to Him. I know you feel like you can handle it, like you can do it, but nothing is possible without God. So if that's you, I just want you to repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, Forgive me for my sins. Come into my heart. Make me brand new. Holy Spirit, lead me. Guide me. I promise from this day forward, I'll live for you. If that's the first time you've ever said that. I want to welcome you to the family of God. I want to thank all of you guys for being here today. Remember, it is only a test. Remember to live right, love everybody, and pray hard. We'll see you all next week.